Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. I'm Marshall. And I'm annoying Marshall. Always. And with <laughs> us this week, not annoying me because she's amazing, is our friend from WXR, Erin uh, Roberts. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're, we're pretty stoked to have you on. And, and to be fair, you have been on the show once before. Uh, it's been, it was very briefly and it was the interview we did on the boat, uh, on the last cruise. Um, but if folks forgot about that, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a couple of things you've published and things you're up to and all of that? Sure. Um, I'm very bad at this despite having done it many times, but as you said, my name is Aaron. I write primarily short stories. So I think we're going to talk about short stories today. So that's perfect. Um, I am a little bit of a late bloomer writing. I've only been writing altogether for about the last five years, uh, but I sort of dove into it with both barrels. And so I went to the Odyssey writing workshop. I went and got an MFA at Stone Coast. And then I wrote a bunch of short stories for my thesis and went and published them. So I've had a story called Summer Milk Girls published in Clark's World a story called The Grays of Cestus Five that was uh, published in Asimov's. I've had a story called Snake Season published in The Dark and a few other things here and there. And then on top of that, I actually do some game writing, which we're not going to talk about, I'm sure, but I do some game writing. So I'm working on something for choice of games. Um, I also do some small kind of interactive fiction writing and I do script writing for Zombies Run, which is an app about running away from zombies. So a little bit of everything, but for today, we'll talk about short stories. <laughs> but to be fair, you are talking to two gamers. And you, when you say game writing, you're talking about, are you talking board games or video games or what are you talking about? So I'm talking more kind of interactive fiction, uh, that kind of game writing. Choice mm -hmm. of Games is like a large choose your own adventure, novel length choose your own adventure done digitally. And so I'm working on something for them. And I'm actually very excited uh, because I'm working on a project right now for an anthology of shorter kind of game writing works that are like 5,000 to 6,000 words. And I actually have a published one on SubQ, which does like small interactive fiction work uh, called Thanks for the Memories, which was really fun to do. So oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, so <laughs> I just I'm jealous. Go, yeah, we're we're both very jealous, and but again, thank you, thank you for being here. This is really awesome to talk to you again. And just because you know, if people didn't listen to the show that we did on the cruise, um, you are a staff, you are staff of WXR, the Writing Excuses uh, Retreat, um, and we are planning on going this year as well. Correct? Yes, we are, <laughs> and I'm going to be teaching this year, actually. And uh, I'm so stoked about that. What do you do? You know what you're teaching already? I think I originally said that I was going to teach about uh, the, wow, it's now getting out of my mind, but basically how to make money kind of as a writer. So okay. things about like grants and Taking all kind of stuff. Because <laughs> I've gotten funded by like my state and my local county and some other grants. And so things about scholarships and fellowships. Um, and so I might continue to teach about that. Um, I also taught recently for Clarion West's like free online classes, a thing on decolonizing fiction, which is something I'm really interested in, which oh. is how to use fiction to kind of break down some of the bad sort of patriarchal other like not great norms that we have and recreate yeah. a new world that we want to see within our fiction. So oh, that sounds I teach amazing. that too. <laughs> I don't know. 
And I'll tell you, and from some of our conversations on the boat the last couple of years, I, I really, I would love to take that class and every, and everybody should take that class if they could about how to make money doing this and how to get money doing to, to do this. Um, yeah. it's something that all of us, um, really, I mean, we really need it. And it's, it's frustrating for some of us, you know, we're super jealous sitting over here and it's like, you're literally telling us how we could do it and we're not listening very well, are we? Um, but that's okay. Uh, so what do you think about this year? Are we going to go? Is it happening? I just got to ask you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think something's going to happen. Um, something's gonna happen. Yeah. what that something is, uh, depends, but, yeah. um, I will say like at the very, very like lowest level, it would be something virtual. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working with Mary Robinette, uh, from writing excuses on the nebula conference which is going completely virtual. And if you have not gotten tickets, you should and come check out this virtual experience at the end of May. So that's happening, which means that like, we know how to do that. Uh, But I also think that they're probably the most likely possibility just speaking completely. And my own mind is that it will be something that's not on a cruise ship, but is in a place. Okay. That's my guess. Cause I think cruises are kind of a little hard to get people to get on the moon. It's a a tough sell right now, I think, right? I feel like people aren't necessarily going to be like, yeah, sign me up. I mean, so I feel like maybe like a hotel or something where if you're like, oh, I could be outside and away from people if I needed to. Or or like a resort. or I I was going to say an all-inclusive resort would be nice because then you still get that experience of just handing out your hand and getting food. And not having to pay for stuff, yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't know. saved me from like not being able to go is that the food, like the cost of it alone. If I yeah. had to pay for food on top of that all the time. Ooh. Well, the cruise is a big draw for me. Um, and I get, I me totally too. get, and I'm, and I'm, and I follow like, you know, I follow cruise YouTubers and stuff like that. And everybody's got a different report like every day. And I'm just like, every day it's changing and who knows? Um, I heard something about on Royal Caribbean today that they are hopeful for the fall, but again, you know, it could be depend on the boat and all that kind of stuff. And, and Car- how many of us are going to want to get on that boat Carnival depending on what's going on announced that they're starting in August. Yeah. I saw that right. and they like sold out immediately. So that like mm-hmm. people are like desperate to go right. on their cruises. So yeah. Well, and they open, they open Shanghai Disneyland and I'm sure Disney world will be not too far behind that in the f- next couple of months. So, I mean, you know, things are changing, but obviously all this stuff happens moment to moment. But um, yeah. you just hate to be I, the I, person who like went on a cruise and then something happened and people are like, ah, but, you know, yeah. like, but you, <laughs> but you did get on that. Right. And you did understand what was happening. You're you like, willingly did this thing. And then you're you like, knew what was at stake. <laughs> then you're like, no, I was just walking down the street and like pirates <laughs> came and they kidnapped me and they took all my stuff, too, for some reason. And they put it on a cruise ship. <laughs> I just went along with it because I, I just go with the flow, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Don't hurt me, please bring that bathing suit." Okay, let's go. Best pirates well, ever. <laughs> and and I was I don't know, and I was excited this year too because they you know they asked me to do the recordings for the podcast and stuff too, and so I'm like actually getting to be staff this year, and I'm like, but there's not going to be a cruise, and I'm getting very sad, and I'm up and down with it, but um, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I'll still I'll they'll still get me out there wherever we're doing. I'm sure. So yeah. it'll be cool. So, uh, all of that said, cruise stuff aside, shall we talk about short stories a little bit since that's yes. been a thing this month? Let's do it. I love short stories. 
<laughs> Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you, Nick. You got a couple questions on the on the docket there. Yeah, we we've got a couple official questions we want to ask you as well. But I do want to start out with kind of just the conversation of how, what's your process when it comes to writing and geared towards short stories. Um, how do you decide what you're going to write or the length of it and things like that? You know, I think I have a belief that people have natural lengths that they actually write to. Not everyone. Some people are like go back and forth. But I tend to believe that like some people naturally write long and some people more naturally write short. So people will say something like, I tried to write a story, but then like it became a novel. Like that has never happened to me. When I try to write a story, it stays a story. Maybe a little longer. It happens longer, to me every time. <laughs> but I think it's just I don't like... I tend to think more in moments, I think, like a short stories are really about a moment and what's the things that lead up to that big moment. Uh, whereas novels are about all the stuff that goes around it and, you know, everything yeah. that ever happened in the entire world. I also really like suggestion over direct uh, like exposition. So I like to suggest the things that are happening in a world. And I also don't like having to figure them all out. So in a short story, you can know what your world is, but you don't have to like answer questions like, but how does the moon influence the tides? Like, I don't know. There is a wave because <laughs> there's a wave in this story. And like how that wave works doesn't matter because the character isn't thinking about it and the story's over now. So you don't have to think like, but how does that affect the scene like 10,000 pages from now when someone else comes to that beach? Nope, it's done. So I, I like the kind of ability to really focus in on the character and the voice and that person's story without getting placing them in the world, but not getting too bogged down by all the information that needs to go around that moment. And that's why I think I tend to drift towards short stories. Okay. That's super good information to have. Um, and then Marshall, just kind of recap, how do you approach a short story to kind of let Aaron know? And Are you talking I, to me about, Oh God. Yeah. I'm so, going, oh, it's fine. Well, what I'm saying is what Aaron said is, is I think everybody writes to a natural length. And I like that she said that because I've had, I think every short story I've written, people are like, okay, so where's the rest? And I feel like it's because I've, in my, I'm doing like all this world building stuff and maybe I'm putting more of that in there than I think and not suggesting, as you said, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, um, inherently I'm leaving people, I'm not capturing a moment. I'm giving a snippet of a larger piece. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm new to short stories. In fact, I was just talking to Nick in the last couple of days, um, about trying to do some flash fiction just to try to focus on those little things and just at, intentionally write shorter just and i don't know why i'm just i i have these big pieces i'm working on and at the same time i just need to produce something and i yeah and i really and i've entered some short story um publications and you know i've gotten some good feedback um unfortunately i haven't gotten published yet but i'm yet you know i i, I really um i like the pieces i produce so I'm, I'm still working on it so you know before you answer the question nick i had to say honestly weirdly i don't love flash fiction either um mm -hmm. Because there's not enough character in it. Uh, flash fiction is really about like the the hyper moment. Like it's usually emotion. I find a lot of flash fiction to be emotionally or concept driven. Mm -hmm. So it's an yeah. interesting concept or it's really just about like, this is a sad event and like you will, or like there's a twist or just really capturing that moment of emotion. But for me, I like to live with the character a little bit to make those moments uh, work better for me. 
But what you said, Marshall, makes a lot of sense because I'm thinking about stories that I've written and like I'm thinking about this one story that I wrote, uh, Snake Season, where it's about this woman who has lots of ghost babies in her house and just like having a bad Did time. Did you say ghost babies? <laughs> yes, ghost babies. <laughs> okay, and I things. love it. Um, anyway, <laughs> at one point, like a conjure man shows up and like is inquiring about what's going on in the house. And she's like, not ha- she does like not want him there. Like the conjure man just like comes and goes. And I just, I describe him briefly and like his interaction with her. But like, I never go into like what he's conjuring, what he does when he's not there, why there's a conjure man. Who knows? There just is. And he's there there. because it's really, for me at least, and not everyone's like this in short fiction, it's about looking at the world through the lens of my character. And my character doesn't really care what the conjure man's doing when he's not at her house. So neither do I as the writer. And so I don't Mm. go off on like, like in a novel, you might be like, later we'll go to the conjure man's house and like explore that world. And I'm like, I don't know what that conjure man does to this day. Like what he's doing when he's not in the story, conjuring stuff. And there there has to be something kind of freeing about that too, with short fiction, the way you're approaching it, because you don't have to, like you said, you don't have to build the conjure man's backstory. He's just, he's there for that character for that moment. And you don't have to worry about it. I like that. I don't know. Yeah. You have to work I, I, I guess on I've really thought about that way. Deep enough. Like you still have mm-hmm. to give them substance, which can be yeah. hard, like making psych, uh, small characters feel real, giving them something about them. That's like really legit and like a real personality of their own. But it's kind of like, if you meet somebody at a bar, you can get a great sense of someone's personality without knowing a lot about where they're coming from. They do a few things and you're like, Oh, you're okay. Yeah, I got it. And maybe you don't got it completely, but you got it enough for like what you, you got need, enough. what you need to do at the bar. You got it. And so giving characters like that kind of person you encounter at the bar for side characters level of depth, that's like enough to make an impact, but not so much that you're like, want to go home with that person. You just want to see them and be like, that guy's hilarious. And then move on. Right. I, I like that. I was going to say, I love that. And I'm using that. <laughs> oh, We're going to learn bar from last you, week. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what is a bar? I remember bars. Oh God. So fun. I used to work in one part-time and now I gave all those shifts up. I'm just like, I, I, I'm just in my house. My hobby is karaoke. Chair. Karaoke will like never come back. Karaoke is like where the germs oh, come to like know, right? mutate into other germs. Doing a duet, sharing a microphone. Oh God. <laughs> All those little things you never thought about before. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, I interrupted that before you could talk, Nick. Sorry. Oh, you good. You, that's what we're here for. <laughs> we want to hear you talk more than me. Yes, for sure. Because <laughs> I've, I've only had one piece of flash fiction published and I've had two short stories turned down. And so this is totally learning for me. And my thing is, is, and I'm figuring out my own process as well. Um, when it comes to just writing in general. Um, but yeah, I, I go for emotion. That's the first thing I always try to hit on. What do I want to convey emotionally? What do I want my, what do I want my reader to feel? Um, and then I kind of go off of that, which is why I think when it comes to flash fiction, I have an easier time. Um, I'm a very emotional person in case anyone didn't notice. Uh, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh, so emotion's easy for me. It's, it's getting those fine details out there. Um, I got feedback from another short story and it was like, I don't know your setting. You have robots. I think. Katana like a couple other stuff. <laughs> They're like, give me a setting. Like, I don't know where you're at. Uh, 
I'm like, oh, okay. I totally forgot to do that. My bad. But everything else was great. So it's my process is just trying to figure it out and make sure I, my ending is in a cliffhanger hanger and it feels like a complete close the loop on that story. Yeah. So I like ones that like, end. I like to end stories in a way where another story could be told, uh, but not this one, if that makes well, sense. So it's like, well, it, this moment is over, but you're like, Oh, but maybe like some other stuff will go down later. Well, and I think I, and I'm trying to find the balance on that because I have one story in particular I'm really happy with, but the feedback I've gotten is the ending. It's too, it's too cliffhangery. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it's, it doesn't wrap up that moment well enough to make people believe that it's a short story. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the balance I'm, I'm working with personally, but I feel like, again, it's sort of like that person. I don't know why it's probably cause I'm here in my house that I'm thinking about <laughs> bars, but like, I feel like it's sort of like a bar story. Like if you ever met somebody in a bar who has a lot of stories to tell, like they still wrap each one up, but then they like almost will lead you to be like, and then the giraffe went back to the zoo <laughs> and speaking of zoos, like the other time, but like the end of the giraffe going back to the zoo still ends that story before they like go into their next. So it's right. like finding that pause that would like let the person get a drink and then like go into their next like related story, I guess that I feel like for me is what I'm looking for, for an end of a short story. So you can, can, you can feel like the person would continue living their life and having other things happen, but this thing's completed. And I gotta be honest. I really like your bar analogy as I sit in my house as well and (laughs) sip on on my beer. I'm like, this is very nice for me. Uh, So this is working. I think, I think this might help me going forward. So I appreciate you is what I'm saying. (laughs) Who doesn't like a good bar story? (laughs) So true. I got kicked Uh, out of our bar for being sober. Oh, well. You were just See? being Henry then. No, <laughs> I was a dude. She was a chick that was drunk and yelling at me. So I got kicked out. Yeah. I've worked in a lot of bars. That's usually what's happened. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next question. I was like, I don't yell at enough people in bars. What can I, <laughs> right? what power is this that I can wield? <laughs> you have more power than you think. Huh? <laughs> um, you, you should look around the bar and be like, who can I get kicked out? <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> you. <laughs> so next question though, and the next two are kind of a little bit shorter here, right? Why short stories? And you kind of touched on it already, but what makes short stories so appealing to you? Is it just that they feel more natural? That is just what you tend to do? Or is there something more enjoyable about writing short stories that you just like? I think it is that it's natural, but I think it, it's that, I think it really is that the way that I right as a person. So thing about me um, is that I have aphantasia, which is the inability to visualize things. Um, And so I basically experience the word, the world through words, including my own life. Like all my memories are basically stories that I remember the story, but I can't actually recall being in the moment, like visually the way I think other people can. And so when I'm writing, I almost feel like I'm telling that person's story and like getting into their voice and their story. And I think I often, because of that, it is at the length that someone would tell you, no one's going to sit down and tell you a novel. I mean, some people will like that dude at the bus stop, but like, well, that guy, he's got plenty of time. That guy, that guy's like, let me tell you, it starts in 1923. And you're like, oh my God. But, you're like, oh, here we go. But most people tell you stories in like a contained way. And I think because that's the way that I think naturally, it's also the way that I write naturally is to write in that kind of contained storytelling 
uh, almost like an oral storytelling tradition, but in a paper form. So would you never, do you have any desire to write a novel or do you think you ever would? (laughs) I'm working on a novella right now, um, which is like a baby novel. And I do, I would like to write a novel uh, actually, but it's, it is harder for me because sustaining that level of storytelling over long periods of time Mm -hmm. and like having the patience, I think, to describe things because one of the other things I like about short stories is it's like a puzzle sometimes. So you're like, ah, I only have a hundred words in this little section to like get across where they are, that this character's feeling this way, what they're doing on the surface, what's happening underneath, like where, and you know, you can get to the point where you're like, oh, it's really about word choice and individual like commas and, and the flow of the voice and like changing words so that the reader will read it the way you would read it to them or the way that character would tell it. And like, I feel like when you're in a novel, it's hard to have that level of control unless you never finish your novel. Like you have to move a little faster, I think. Some of us have that problem. Through the story, like you can't be like, and then comma, like this hundred words for 20 years. So I, I would like to learn how to move a little faster so that I can kind of do the, the more novel and stuff, but you'll see a novel from me one day because to be just straight up mercenary about it, it's hard to make a career as a short story writer, which Mm -hmm. is why I do a lot of those zillion projects that I mentioned and also have like two J jobs, but it's, um, I know that, (laughs) you know what I mean? So like, but as a novelist, it's also hard to make a living as a novelist, but it's like more likely, like it's like a, 10% 10% chance as opposed to like a 0% chance. Right. Oh, man. So especially being me, I live in a city. I'm not going to go live like in the woods in order to like lower my cost of living. So mm-hmm. I got to like get that book money. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> no, I, like I said, juggling me multiple jobs and trying to find time to do all this stuff. I, I don't know. I, I, it just seems like we all chose a not very lucrative, uh, hobby. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to say hobby, uh, a dream of, <laughs> I mean, a, uh, a profession. It's a, it's something we love to do, but you know, we have to do 15 other thousand things at the same time, you know? So two part on this one again, sorry. What do you find challenging about writing short stories and what is the most rewarding piece for you? I think, uh, the most challenging, well, I have two answers to that. The most challenging, they're similar part as a in the process part of it as like the writing process is actually getting started so i am one of those people who will rewrite the beginning of a story ten thousand times because for me getting into the voice of the main character and making sure that that voice is correct is like how i latch myself onto the story it's like they always talk about the hook in a story like i have to hook myself into the story or i have trouble writing it like i'll just be like oh i don't care this is lame But if I can hook myself by getting, if I can hook myself by getting a really cool, like voice going in the very beginning, then I can usually proceed until I like run into the point where I'm like, oh, I need plot. So I find the balance between voice and plot can also be challenging because it's like you get into the voice, but then things need to happen Mm -hmm. and finding that balance. Uh, So that I find challenging. And then I would say knowing where to start the story, which is the two go hand in hand. Uh, one of the things I would say for people who are wanting to write short stories is that uh, a lot of times you'll start and then you'll you'll be driving to the story is what we used to say at Odyssey. So this is why 
I believe that a lot of bad writing advice or common writing advice like has some wisdom in it, but should never be taken at face value. So for example, never write your character starting waking up is a piece of writing advice. I don't necessarily agree with it. There are reasons that that could happen, but often the reason that they, people don't like that is because what's happening to your character is happening way later in the day or the story. And you're writing them waking up because you're trying to get into their head and their space and their world. Uh And you're writing yourself into the beginning of the story, which is fine when you're drafting, just cut that later. Be like, just don't leave it in when you send it out. Lop (laughs) off the beginning. Yeah. Like "Mm, this 10,000 words didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think really knowing where to start and like what is actually the moment that you're capturing that in this character's life or in this story is what I find most challenging. Um, as for most rewarding, I think I think it really is like trying to get as much possible and making words and sentences do like double and triple duty. And like when you ha- when I have a phrase where I'm like, oh, that phrase is like so good because like it gets what the character is saying across and also like is so true to them and the situation that always makes me feel amazing. Well, Nick and I were both talking about uh, sour milk girls earlier today. Oh. Um, and I, I listened, <laughs> I listened to it cause Clark's world does like the um, they they'll read it. And I like audiobooks personally, and I can listen to the book while I'm doing stuff. And I just sat down in the beginning. I think I reround a couple of times. Your first couple of lines are phenomenal. And I just, and I, and and I think that's something I've always admired about short story writers. Um, I used to read a lot more short stories back in college, um, and then I kind of fell off it for a while because I, I want to write a novel, and so I started diving in all these books and I stopped reading short stories. And recently, I've gone back and read a lot more. And there's something about first lines and first moments, and I think you—that's the challenging part, as you were saying—is where do you start the story and how do you start the story? I've had some—I have a whole list in my. Scrivener of like first lines that I love, but I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with them. And I don't even know if that's a first line for a story. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, I loved how Sour Milk Girl started and I was there immediately. And I can see why uh, Clarksville picked it up. And I, I love this story, by the way. I just had to tell you that at some point during this conversation. <laughs> and Brian, I, I, I was actually going to wait to the end to kind of dissect it nope, with you a I little bit. I said it already. Uh, so prepare for the after two more questions here. I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about Cybermet Girls and kind of your process on that too. Cause I, yeah, loved it. And the emotions that you did on it are invoked out of me. So not fair. Um, I'm not angry about it, but <laughs> he was upset. He texted me a few times. Early. I, I'm feeling <laughs> some type of way over here about how you have that much control over me. <laughs> wow. so, um, do you, do you outline short stories? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that organized. I, I really wanted to know this, the answer to this, honestly. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Sorry. I, I no, I usually, um, I was trying to like, how do I write? I usually start uh, writing with like a, oftentimes it's like an image or a, maybe it would help if I, t- maybe I will talk about, I'm trying to remember actually how Sour Milk Girls came to be so that I could give like a real example of how I do things. But yeah, why don't we stay with that since we were talking about it? I think generally I'll start with like an image or an idea, like a, just a concept with Sour Milk Girls specifically. I actually had the idea for the world first, which isn't always the case, but I really was interested in the idea of memory as a commodity. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting to write for a while, actually a novel about, five women whose lives have been destroyed by the memory economy and many other things going on. Um, And one of them is this character ghost. 
And I was having trouble writing when I was trying to write the novel, understanding her character and her voice. So I thought I will go back and find like a seminal incident in her life that makes her the person she is and write it as a writing exercise. Like not, I did not plan to write a story (laughs) that would be published. I was like, I'll just start writing it. And all I had was, okay, I believe that she like grew up in an orphanage. And then I just started writing basically and wrote and wrote for a while. And then what happens to me is I hit a point where I'm like, okay, I've written like the scene, but nothing's happening. And then I usually think like, okay, well, what can happen now? And like, sometimes I have stories that get stuck there and I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. I have to put them away. I'm like, I don't know what happens. Obviously I'm not in a place (laughs) in my life where I can write this story. (laughs) So, (laughs) but for that one, I was like, okay, uh, I think it's this. And then like, I moved forward. I'm like, okay, I think like I've gotten to another point where I've stopped. Like I hate transitions. Anytime anyone has to walk anywhere. Another reason I don't like novels. Like, I don't, I just want them to be in the next place. Like, in a people got to walk with a portal. Like, why do I care? Then they were there. So every time I hit like a scene break, I was like, okay, well, where is this going? And then, but I had the voice at a certain point. And so I was able to kind of keep going and keep going until I hit kind of what I thought was the end of the story. And then I do a ton in revision. So a lot of times after I've written the story, then I kind of, reverse outline it not on paper but in my head and think like okay here are all the things that are happening do these all make sense what are things that i want to work in here what are some interesting moments or things that i can think of that will make this richer or that answer questions that my readers like if i send it to someone to critique and they're like what why would this happen this is dumb or like i didn't understand this then i usually go in and try to as opposed to trying to respond to the critique on its surface, I'll think, well, why, like, so if someone's like, why did she go through that door? I will think like, why did she go through that door and not another <laughs> door? And they'll be like, oh, it's because she hates doors. I need to layer that in earlier on and make it clear early on that she hates doors in like the very beginning of the story, you know, to use a completely random example that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> yet. Yet. But so a lot of times it's really just writing it and writing it and kind of doing it in the writing. I wish I were more of an outliner because I feel like those folks have more fun, but. I don't know. I've I've approached this last project as that. I've tried to outline. I find I can get halfway through an outline and then I have to start writing it. And then when I get to that point, then I'm like, okay, now what? But I feel like I'm stuck in the outline. So I'm, I'm messing with a lot of this right now and it's around short fiction too. So I was very curious to see if you, you outlined. Yeah. I think it's like headlight writing is what I like to, I've loved that description. Like you write only what you can see in your headlights. So for like the novella I'm working on now, I know the general concept and I actually know where I think I want the story to end up, which helps. So I don't always know that, but this time I know. Um, and so I was like, well, what's going to happen in the middle? And so I, I was like, I think these are the first three or four scenes that I need. But after that, I'm not writing because what happens is while I'm writing, I'll just make up stuff, my subconscious, whatever my writer muse will insert things. And I'll be like, oh, like in that story, it's like, I talked about people going to the bazaar. So I was like, okay, well, apparently there's a bazaar that's happening. Because like, well. <laughs> I decided that was a word I wanted to insert. So I was like, okay, well, now the bazaar has to make it in here. That now is a huge part of the plot. So I, that because of that, I only write like one or two scenes at the most forward and then reevaluate. And I think sometimes that's a good way to like fudge an outline without actually having to do it. Makes sense. Hey, hey, you're a discovery writer for the most part. 
Yep. It is what it is. Um, and, and I like it. I, I can't remember who's it was Brandon Sanderson, actually, in one of his talks. He said the difference between a discovery writer and an outliner is someone has a better first draft. And that's it. You know, and he even said, went on and said, a discovery writer makes a really intense outline for their first draft. And then by the end of the second draft on both of them, they're about the same place. So it's it kind of sixes on that one, in my opinion. But if uh, discovery writing works better for you. Though I'm the worst no of discovery course. writer because I am the discovery writer and rewriter. And one of my biggest <laughs> flaw, personal writing process things that I, you know, wish were different, but what can you do is that I will, as I discover things about the story, I will rewrite the beginning. I will rewrite my way to the next part. So even though I'm writing forward, I then go back and try to like fix the whole story up until that point. So oh, before my, you finish. Before I finish. Oh. So actually my first drafts are often like not bad because like they are actually 15 drafts. I was going to say, you've rewritten it so many times. <laughs> and the beginning is really like on point. Like, in fact, oftentimes I'll end up overwriting the beginning and have to like pull it back. Um, yeah. Because I'm like, I've written this one paragraph like 20,000 times. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, but that's the slowest form of writer. Don't be that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Most like discovery said, writers like can write fast. They're like <laughs> right, and then the words on the page, and then you deal with it. You yeah, know? no, yeah. I'm like, oh, let me. <laughs> if there's a bazaar, let me put that back in sentence one. And okay, and then she goes through the door. Why is that? Let's put that in. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Suddenly, there's a bazaar. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a surprise. But then I was like, oh my god, of course there's a bazaar. Of course, <laughs> that it makes everything work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. All right. Um, so, you know, kind of wrap everything up here. How, what do you do to make sure that plot is being progressed and that you also are developing your characters and there's an actual character arc going on? You know, it's funny. I never think about the character arc. I feel like a lot of the things that people talk about when they talk about writing, like some people, similar to how there's outliners plot and there are people who are discovery writers. Some people think about craft very uh, like strategically, like if that makes sense, they'll be like in, the, in this mm -hmm. point in the plot, like this type of thing should happen. And here's like where this arc should be. And I don't think that way. So I don't even know. I'm like, I assume my characters have arcs. I mean, <laughs> I'm, it's not, working. I'm not putting them in there on purpose, but like, I think that, as the story continues, I, I if I find the story boring, I'll change it. So if like nothing's happening to the character and I'm like, there it is, blah, 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 which for me is like three <laughs> paragraphs, which is why, again, I find some of the detailed writing needed for novel writing hard because I'll be like, yada, 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 like this room, you've described it already. It's been three sentences. I get it. Like, and I want to move my characters on. <laughs> Oh my God, they're in a room. Move yeah, on. Yeah, you know, like blah, blah, room, blah. And so it's very, it's for me, I think it's a little more just if it's a story I'd want to hear, then it's a story I want to tell. So it's a little more instinctive, I think, where character is concerned. Where plot is concerned, I remember when I went to Odyssey, we talked a lot about the causal chain, you know, basically the idea that each event in the story leads to the next. And my dad, who's an English teacher, talks about it as like, but so. So it's like, this happens, but that, so that. Um, and I would remember there's one story I finished and people were like, wow, 
Like, I really believe that character. But then I thought about it and it made no sense, that story at all. <laughs> like, it's like hearing a crazy person, like, no, no, aspersions, oh, but it's like hearing someone who's in their own delusion. And you're like, when you're talking about the delusion, I get it. But then I'm like, there are not unicorns trying to take our minds. That doesn't make any sense. So oh, I think God. sometimes I can get too good at like making my characters like tell a really compelling tale that like isn't, doesn't work. So I'll go back and be like, okay. And a lot of times it's about having people read your stories after you're done who are good at elements that you're not good at. So yeah. people who I know who are more plot driven will read it and be like, okay. Like, what? Is, where, why is there a bazaar? Yeah, like, why is there a bazaar? You never mentioned it, and like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they're at it, and then they're at the fair, and you're like, and you're like, oh, and usually I can explain it to not to the person because they don't care, but like to myself, and be like, yeah. oh, it's because like, but sometimes that is where stories grow, and this is, I think, where short stories can sometimes become longer. Um, an example I have is I wrote a uh, short story a while ago about a world where they turn people into ink. One of my favorites, um, mm -hmm. you know, for funsies. No, not for funsies, but they, they just yeah, they, it can happen. <laughs> they turn people into ink that then has like a certain powers, but like actually, and you can turn a person into ink, by the way, um, if you really wanted to. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like you seen, nice. you've seen some old school methodologies, and <laughs> I mean they're dead for sure. But like, I was you, saying, there's a lot of fire and no rebirth, right? Yeah, I mean. no, it's a lot of like burning bones and then like melting <laughs> the rest of the person. Anyway, so <laughs> I'd written this story, and I and I was like, the story is not quite right. But I sent it to my like people I know, my critique groups, and they were like, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, mm, I don't think it's where it needs to be, but like. I don't know what else to do with it. So I sent it to Beneath Ceaseless Skies, which always sends personal rejections. So I was like, great, maybe they'll oh. know. Um, and they, Help me fix it. they sent it back <laughs> and the feedback, um, actually I feel bad because he sent it back with the revise and resubmit that I still have not finished. That was oh. like two years ago, but whatever. Um, get so, <laughs> so I think he asked a question. He was like, this character's brother dies and like, she doesn't really seem to like care as much as she should. And then I was like, oh, yes, her brother. Like, why is he even in this story? And then I was like, oh, I should, like, get some more about him. And that's how that story started getting to, like, novella length. Because it uh -huh. turns out that I did need to bring in a little more of the backstory and a little more of the explanation to make the plot make sense. Because some plots just don't work in a shorter form. There's just too much going on. The uh -huh. jellyfish is too big for the cage. So you need a bigger cage. <laughs> you need more length, you know. Oh, makes sense to me. And and you're you're helping me more than you know, Aaron, right now. Oh yeah, I can't even tell. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember the question. I'm just saying words. No, the question's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Fair enough. It was like, do you like peanut butter and jelly? I'm like, let me tell you about wherever we started. We're at jellyfishing cages now. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. I mean, hot Cheetos are good. Okay. Well, sure. I've never had a hot Cheeto. What? I don't. I don't like Cheetos, dude. Oh I'll no, hot Cheetos are different. Different. Just saying. It's a little Cheeto, dude. I'm just saying. Uh, okay, I know. Is, is it just a Cheeto with like hot sauce, or is it like an attractive Cheeto? No, it's like it's a like really a curvy bright Cheeto. Red. Well, I, I, I teach it in high school. Every attractive. teenager, that's pretty much all they eat is hot Cheetos, and their fingers are like this dark red orange color, and it's really weird. And no, I feel like they're spun out. But mm -mm, gross. 
I'm thinking it's like a cheetah with like yarn on it and like little googly <laughs> eyes. And they're, they're it's just, a hot cheeto. You know what I'm saying? Look, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to buy you both of you guys back. <laughs> we have to post this feed up too. I think. No, this conversation is amazing. Um, so going back really quick though, going back to sour milk girls really quick. So, so would you say, um, just on this particular story, um, what would you, ha- I guess we have this little community that hangs out in our discord that some are published, some are not. Um, I think when inevitably, when I put a link to this story in the show notes and, and throw it in the discord, people are, are going to read it if they haven't already. Like the process around the actual um, publication of this, I would say, was this the first place you submitted? Um, did you get rejected and redraft it? Um, and the reason I'm asking that is because I have a couple of stories, several stories that have gotten rejected in various places. And I just don't know if I should keep reworking them or if they just don't work. You know, do, do you see what I'm kind of asking? I do. And I actually have, this is a perfect, this is a perfect story to talk about that <laughs> it's because I it was not the first place it went. I believe it was the third. I can't okay. remember what the first one was. Might have been Lightspeed. Oh, they said um, and whoever <laughs> I sent it, but the second person that I sent it to uh, came back and said, I really love the opening. I thought the pacing in the middle was too slow and lost me. And I was like, meh. And I like read through it again. I was like, I still like it. So I sent it to Clarksville literally 10 seconds later. Like I was like, did not change in word, send it to them and they bought it. And it is to this day, my, not that I have a zillion stories out, but it's the story that I'm the most known for. And it was all these years best and all this other stuff. And so it just goes to show you that like editors just had their own tastes. And that particular editor who I sent it to second, I've sent other things to this editor. And it turns out that we just have different ideas about pacing. They never like the pacing of my stories. Oh, um, and okay. so, and I like the things that they that end up in their publication, but I, they're just apparently not the best fit for my work, or at least as I currently am as a writer, because you also change as a writer. So who knows, maybe one day I'll pace things in a way that they prefer, but yeah. Because of that, I still submit to them, but I probably move them further down my list of submissions because I don't think that it'll end as well. Like when I, because I just think there's a mismatch. Just the consistency of the feedback. You're yeah, getting I'm like, them. oh, yeah. you're giving okay. me the same feedback, and each time I'm turning each thing that they've given me feedback on, I've mostly like turned around and had other people be willing to just publish it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm happy with it, which I think is the more important thing. Like getting For published sure. is great. Not gonna lie. But it really, it's really about us being like having a story that you're happy with and that you feel like, you know, you need to publish something and be like, Hey, it wasn't that great. And then like, people are like, Oh, like tell me about your story. And you're like, Oh, worse. Fine. I hated that one. Yeah, exactly. Why did they publish it? You know, it's like you're making like tons of money from stories. It's more about getting the story that you want to tell out in the world. Um, Sure. So. Um, And just to wrap up, since we are a little later than we anticipated. Sorry. Um, is there any, no, that's, that's on us. No, it's not you. I'm saying we don't want to keep you longer than you're willing to be here. Um, but because if I don't cut Nick off, he's going to ask like five more questions. Hey, 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 I'm silent. I'm just saying, uh, is there any advice that you would give our listeners, aspiring writers, whatever you want to call them? Um, you know, just on, 
writing short fiction and or getting yourself out there, publishing anything, anything you want to leave with them? Actually, you reminded me of something that I meant to say earlier and forgot about. Yes. I was thinking about during lunch today. <laughs> Which is that I think that one of the things why short fiction you're asking earlier, I think one of the great things about short fiction is it's a really easy way to work on craft quickly. I mean, even though it may take you a while to write a piece of short fiction, you can, if you want to try to accomplish something or try something new or be like, oh, I want to write in second person or I want to try doing something where I really lean into a sense of place and this story is going to be about sense of place like a whole novel's worth of that is going to take you a long time. And if you only do yeah. it for that reason, you might feel like I just wasted the X amount of time of my life. But if you do it in a short story, it can be a lot faster. So like I said, Sour Milk Girls was a writing exercise that turned into a story, but because it was shorter, I was willing to just do it for the sake of doing it um, and not feeling like a pressure, like it had to, something had to come of it in order for it to be worthwhile. And I also think you learn a lot when having people critique your short story and critiquing other people's short stories. And it's a lot easier to get a critique circle going with short fiction than it is with novels, because in novel, like you have to explain what's happening. People can't read it in a sitting. But with a short piece, people can read it and give you feedback. And I'll say the thing that I learned, the where I learned the most about writing uh, is in critiquing other people's work. And one of the things that Odyssey does is every day you love the week, you get a break on weekends, you have to critique three people's stories like every day. So, and write your own stuff, but like top of your own. Yeah. So you're writing like one story a week, but you're also critiquing three stories a day. And these are like detailed critiques, several page type things. And you learn a lot because you, you manage to develop that critical reading eye that you can then turn to your own work and read it the way that a reader would and say, okay, here's a thing that's going to catch people. Uh, You know, I liked it when I was writing it, but mm, like now that I'm reading it back, it's not quite what I wanted. And the way that you do that, I think is by seeing what other people are trying to attempt and how it did or did not work out. And then also getting their feedback uh, about what you were trying to attempt and whether or not it, it happened. I also slushed for a while for escape pod, which can also help if you ever want to become a, an unpaid slusher oh, out in the slush mines. <laughs> um, it can be time consuming, but it is a good way to just look at a lot of stories and see what people are doing and get a sense of what's, what's out there. And I think that's, oh, for sure. that's really, that's the, the advice I would give is like read other people's work. Even if you don't have anyone, like no one will join your critique circle. You live in Alaska and you have no internet. <laughs> <laughs> or friends, um, then you still could just look at stories that you like or don't like. Look at just what's being out there and publish and read it and think like, okay, what do I like about this? What do I not? Treat it like a reviewer would. And okay. I think by thinking that way, you actually become better as a writer because you get to see the craft in action and then you can put that, uh, apply that to your own craft in action. Awesome. I don't know. I can't thank you enough for, for spending this time with us. It is so nice to see you as well, seriously. And I really hope WXR happens so we can actually see each other again and, and BS like we've done the last couple of years. And it's, it's been so much fun. Um, just before we let you go, can you tell people where to find you? If, if you're on the internet, social media, anything, Yeah, website, you can find whatever. me on uh, Twitter at Norell, which is N-I-R-E-L-E. It is L. Aaron backwards because I came up with it many years ago when I was a child <laughs> um, and obviously didn't understand how Spanish worked. So 
<laughs> you almost got Nick spit taking this. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was funny. Anyway, so you can find me there. Um, uh, my website is writingwonder.com. Like writing and then a sense of wonder together. Um, and I am, you know, if you yeah. find me there, you can see sort of what I'm up to these days. Awesome. And like I said, we'll put all those links in the show notes and everything. Um, and like I said, I'm really happy you spent some time with us and uh, hopefully we can see you soon. <laughs> Super grateful. No problem. This has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter and Nick is at Bright Inks. You can find the show on iTunes and your favorite podcasters. So like and share this show with your writing community. If you'd like to share or discuss anything we talked on the show or whatever you have going on, you can post it on our Discord channel facebook page or send it to me i am marshall at marshallcar.com or nick at nicholas bright at brightings.org you can find our writing and the show notes for each episode on our websites marshallcar.com and brightings.org lastly if you want to support the show the best way to do that is patreon.com slash just keep writing and you can find us there and give us a couple bucks an episode and help us do what we do and we can help you now just keep writing